Welcome to the Science of Parenting podcast, where we connect you with research-based information that fits your family. We'll talk about the realities of being a parent and how research can help guide our parenting decisions. I'm Mackenzie Johnson, parent of two littles with their own quirks, and I'm a parenting educator. And I'm Suzanne Bartholomew. I'm an associate professor who strives to help people increase their financial security and the parent of a high schooler. Yes. Hello, and we are, Mackenzie. I say we are here again. Hello, Suzanne. Having a lot of fun this season. Kind of getting towards the end of the season. I'm a little sad about it. <laughs> it's gone quickly. Uh, right? It has. It's gone quickly. But today we get to move into a different life stage, right? We talked about kind of our kids. Not kind of. They were. We were talking about kids. And then we talked about mm -hmm. teens. And now talking about emerging adults. So this like... I mean, in between this adult year adult, right? There's like all of these things that I feel like go into this stage, but I kind of just want to like, let's just dig right in. Like, what are we even talking about? And we have talked about this idea of emerging adults in previous seasons, right? It's come up a few times, but like, let's remind all your listeners, or if you're, this is the first time you're hearing this term, welcome. I love this term. I'm fascinated <laughs> by it. But so yeah, like, what do we know about emerging adults? Um, one thing, actually, kind of the main researcher who I know you're going to talk about, Suzanne, uh, Arnett, big heart for Arnett, love that. <laughs> um, but they, uh, he just he described this. I don't even remember in what paper I read about it for grad school. I did a project in this area, and I just remember the phrase "freedom without full responsibility." It's like usually this age range between like 18 ish to like mid 20s ish, um, but freedom without full responsibility is how I remember him describing emerging adulthood. I'm like, yep, I related to that at the time. I was like, mm -hmm, I'm an emerging adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so emerging adulthood, what, what a description. So, <laughs> so our neck uh, did extensive research in the early 2000s and came mm -hmm. up with this distinct new developmental stage. And yes. uh, previously researchers had been using milestones like marriage, finishing school, starting a career to describe adults. But then yeah. Arnett, Arnett thought of, hey, let's just ask the young adults and see how they describe <laughs> um, adult status. And it ends up that they're not using those markers as much as they are using more individualistic characteristics. So mm -hmm. things like I'm um, taking responsibility for my actions. I um, can make my own decisions, independent decisions, and then also financial independence from parents. That's a big one. Um, yeah. and, and a big piece of his research is what he discovered is that it's, it, it is its own stage because young adults are very ambivalent about, they kind of have one foot in adolescence and one foot in oh, adulthood. And they're kind yes. of like, I'm a little bit of both, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. that financial, that's, it's, it's that freedom without the responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and important to note that there's just a small minority of, of young adults in that age bracket that you described that are, um, they do consider themselves to be adults and they use the same kind of descriptors that Arnett does, like uh, being financially independent from their parents as an example, uh, but they're just further along. Mm -hmm. It's a smaller minority, but you know, if you there become a, a parent at 18, you join the military at 18, hey, I mean, you consider yourself an adult. Yes. And I think that, I think it's all really interesting. I mean, like I said, I can get dorky about, well, a lot of things, but I do like this idea of emerging adulthood, <laughs> fascinated by this stage. And uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think part of it, my speculation, not like the research does necessarily, is like how things change over time, right? And so this idea how that you were saying they basically used to identify adulthood by like these very clear markers, like you got married, you bought a house, you had a child, right? And then now it's this kind of more not as clearly measurable or like as clearly defined i feel like part of that is almost like changing of the time um you know but part of it is hopefully just like kind of this acceptance of like it's just different like it just looks different <laughs> yeah i mean we yeah right i mean we change families look different from generation to generation depending on the environment and what's thrown at them and i think certainly mm -hmm. young adults today have had a lot more financial challenges than those mm. in the past it is it's a different it can be a different reality and we don't need to say whether like better worse right mm -hmm. like no like, you don't need to add value to it yeah yeah measurement as much as just like 
let's talk about how it is, like how it can be different, how it is different. And I think, you know, as we were talking about emerging adulthood ugh, and all the fascinating things about it, even just thinking about all the different ways that an emerging adult can quote unquote, like look. Right. And so, I mean, we did kind of come up with a list of like, okay, someone might be going into the workforce. Someone might be in trade school. Someone might be working full time in a career, but live at home. Someone might be a traditional, like might be a college student. Someone might be taking a gap year. Someone might have kids, but like be financially dependent on their parents. Right. There's like all these different ways emerging adulthood can quote unquote look for somebody. Um, and I think that's part of the thing that fascinates me about it is like, it's like, it's muddy. It's ambi it's ambiguous. It's, I don't know, just this in between of like half and half out, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the family, right? There's so many configurations of the family system and young adults are part of that family system and they, they make it either they, they put their own stamp on it, whatever that might look like, yes. like, like mom and dad are paying for my cell phone bill, but I'm paying for my own rent, you know, um, I'm yes. helping with tuition, but so are my parents, they're helping with tuition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and you're right, you're getting into this, like, of course, what we're going to dig it, like what we want to in the episode of this financial component of it, right? So emerging adulthood is fairly new in the research of like a developmental stage of a family or and somebody's like development as just a human person. But there's also this financial, there's these financial things that go into it. Right. And so whether someone is a college student or like we said, like all of those examples in trade school, going into the workforce, military, there's all these financial things that come with this half in half out. Right. This like freedom of choice, but not full responsibility of choice financially. And so, I mean, we did, we were like, as just even talking about it, it's like, okay, it could be this, it could be this. So we talked about student loans, like a huge financial decision that happened in this emerging adulthood stage might be the first time like leasing or renting or paying room and board credit cards, all kinds of credit cards, and maybe no longer filtered out by their parents. <laughs> mm -hmm, there is mm -hmm. vehicles, there might be Maybe the first, maybe they've had jobs, but maybe the first time they're actually managing that income from that job, right? Um, wedding planning often happens in this stage. And I think part of, so yeah, there's a lot of financial stuff that happens here. And you pointed out with long-term impact, right? Like the potential impact of these decisions can be long-term, like can set the stage really for adulthood. Yeah, yeah. So the financial decisions have much, much bigger consequences. And we've talked about this in the previous episodes that, you know, mm -hmm. we're trying to through parenting, uh, financial parenting and socialization, trying to set them up for success so yes. that when they get to these more consequential decisions that they're ready for them. But certainly, I mean, just the credit card example that if you, uh, you know, a young adult gets a credit card, they don't pay their bill, bills on time. Um, then all of a sudden their credit rating declines and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden opportunities we know that employers and landlords will check credit reports and they could get boxed out of opportunities as a result yes. and so um yeah it's such a critical time that they're either going to be on this path to security or instability you know and so as parents we all want them to be on that path of, of security <laughs> yes well in the i think also this idea of the like financial independence in emerging adulthood, right? That like, we talk about the freedom, but not the responsibility. And so that idea of, are they financially independent? Like, aren't they that? And there's layers of that. Like you said, like, maybe they pay just their cell phone. Maybe they pay their room and board. Maybe they still give a weekly allowance. Like there's all these variations, but that idea of financial independence, you know, what, like, what can you tell us about financial independence in emerging adulthood, I guess? Okay, so as as researchers, the way we we measure is, are they uh, taking full control of their financial life? So are they earning their okay. own income, making their own living? Um, are they paying for their rent, their housing, like whether it's a mortgage or or rent? Um, are they paying their bills? And then mm -hmm. are they manage are they managing their money? So yes. that's that's kind of financial independence is just taking full control mm -hmm. without any help. Yeah. And so an emerging adult, I mean, an emerging adulthood, I would say for a lot of emerging adults that by that full definition, many, I, st I still say us, I'm really not an emerging adult anymore, but I still really <laughs> identify with this. Um, but I like, I feel like a uh, lot of emerging adults really necessarily by that definition might not fully need it. 
but that those layers come in, right? Like, well, I pay for this. Like I pay my own rent and I buy my own groceries and my parents help me with this. Um, mm -hmm. or right. I feel like there's a lot yeah. of layers in there for emerging adults. Yeah. And it, and it's not real clear cut, um, for yeah. parents, you know, in terms of like, what's the norm, every, every family is mm. going to have a different set of expectations and norms of what kids should or should not like what kids should be paying for what they should be paying for. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and just like when we're the, uh, parenting a toddler or, you know, or for, for a five-year-old and we're thinking about like developmentally, where should they be? Are they on time? This yeah. is a lot less clear in terms of, you know, what is financial independence and are we doing the right thing? And are they, you know, are we helping them or are we hurting them? Um, yeah. So, and it, it yeah, is, it's it a muddy, it is. Yeah. A confusing, muddy, ambiguous, <laughs> like, Hey, your children are now over the age of 18. And for a lot of people are like, we made it. And then it's like, but Hey, it's really confusing here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It is like, what is normal air quotes, right? Yes. And, and I think that it's, it's nice to kind of understand, you know, like we always say, like, gather the information so we can make our own decisions um, around this. And you actually talked about some really interesting research uh, around this. There's this idea of trajectories that you were talking yeah. about. Um, tell us about those. For, for financial independence. Yeah. And there has yeah. been a lot of research on this, but this was a study that had, a, it was longitudinal study, really strong modeling that, that categorized mm. young adults into four groups in terms of their financial independence. And the first one was uh, being consistently independent. And that was about 20% okay. of the young adults in their sample. And basically at 18, they left the house and pretty much cut ties with their, okay. with their parents, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's quickly independent. And so they, th this group kind of starts out independent and then they, um, quickly, uh, quick. And then, and then the support from parents quickly, de uh, declines. Okay. So okay. they're quickly independent. So they, <laughs> and then gradually independent, they more steadily step towards independence. Okay. All right. So they start out with support, but then as they age, they kind of age out in terms of in independence and mm -hmm. then consistently supported. And that's like, they never cut ties with their parents. Okay. And that's about cut ties 13%. being financially. Yeah. Financially. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, yep. So the largest group is that quickly independent where they start out dependent mm. on their family and then, um, and then they, they, they quickly become, uh, more, uh, let, you know, let they receive less support from their parents. Yeah. Okay. My, my brain is picturing <laughs> like topography, like, like a hill versus like a mountain versus a cliff versus a like flatland almost of like the, yeah. cause the first one was consistently independent, right? Mm -hmm, like they mm -hmm. have been riding on this like plane, right? Like pretty, like always, right? Like they are in the flatlands of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> on consistently independent, right? So that was trajectory number one. Trajectory number two was quickly, right? Was quickly independent. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that might be like our city sat on a hill for a long period of time. And then like quick little, like there's a big hill at the end where we went to quick financial <laughs> independence, right? I love your I'm imagery. Thinking sledding. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> We're I sledding. Like yeah. So still have financial ties with parents, but then they're quickly becoming independent. Yeah. Yes. And that's the largest group right there. Okay. And that's the biggest group that's sledding. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'm like, word picture for number three. Then this one was gradually. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So this uh, is yeah. like, like a long, slow, like decline over time. Like uh, this is getting intricate, but I'm like sea level, like slowly to sea level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, a little yeah, bit a long longer time. duration. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's hills in there, right? We're like at certain points, it's like, well, we're connected. I worked on this, but then I moved back home. Right. right. Or I was like, I'm doing this part, but I could use assistance with this part right now. Um, but so that, but that connection stays longer um, until the independence at the end. And then our fourth category, remind me. Yeah. And this is the longest duration and pretty mm -hmm. much the, that's the consistently supported group. Okay. And, and I hope I said yeah. that earlier, but yeah, so they mm -hmm. pretty much have support with housing and bills and, um, you know, what, what whatever their bills are mm -hmm. from their parents. Okay. So that's like living in the mountains in my mind. Like <laughs> if I'm going on this elevation imagery that I have, but it is right. Like never like, like a road. Really are you, going are you sledding down that hill into independence? 
Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but that idea of consistently. And so that is, so our largest, largest group are our sledders. No. Right. Or quickly. Yep. Yep. Okay. I think that's how you describe it. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, got to keep track of my own picture here. Um, (laughs) yeah. What else can you tell us about these groups then? Cause you, you, yeah, like that's the largest group, but you, there's outcomes associated with this, right? Like positive benefits or like, what do they see? happens well and that and that's what i love about this research is that they have linked um they've linked the groups to financial well-being outcomes Mm -hmm. and it's that and 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 the quick consistently independent group so that that group Mm -hmm. that is at a younger age becoming independent from their parents financially cliff yeah they in terms of like their subjective and objective measures of Mm -hmm. financial well-being they tend to be lowest they tend to be the lowest yeah. Like lowest financial well-being. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Which so I guess in other makes words, sense. Because, yeah. In terms yeah. of if we think about what we've talked about in previous episodes around the like support offered and how soon um you have financial experiences, right? That like some of these things, if if we go from like now I'm an adult and I'm basically like cutting those financial ties, those opportunities to learn with a safety net of your parents, right? Mm-hmm. We lose some of that, which does have an impact on our financial well-being. Yeah, yeah. And the modeling, um, the modeling looks at different factors that would predict why people are in these groups and Mm. are in these trajectories. And so typically lower socioeconomic status individuals are in that quickly independent um, or consistently independent group. So the ones Mm -hmm. that are launching a lot sooner, like 18 years old versus like the gradually independent group. Well, the two middle groups, the um, quickly mm-hmm. independent and the gradually independent are more likely to be going to um, pursue a degree in school. Okay. And maybe their parents are also maybe have higher levels of education than that other group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So which well, it even does the make opportunity. Sense. Yeah. The opportunity of what like their families are able to provide looks different, which impacts the rate at what like their trajectory. That makes sense. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and that mm-hmm. and that gradually independent group what they're they're pursuing education but they're not maybe getting as much support from parents Mm. like for tuition and so they end up with Mm -hmm. the 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 study found that they ended up with more student loan debt so that also sets your 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 trajectory in terms of financial well-being if you're leaving school with a lot of loans versus someone who doesn't Mm -hmm. so but it's early also gets an education yeah 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 so so I think it's fascinating research. There hasn't been a lot done on it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah I, a preliminary look at this idea, but a cool, yeah, a cool look at it, nonetheless, like mm-hmm. a cool way of looking at this idea. And so using that information, you know, for ourselves as parents, the idea of like, okay, we understand that emerging adulthood is this kind of half and half out, right? Like freedom without full responsibility. We can understand that like, it's not just you. This stage is like defined by that. Not everyone's going to experience it the same way, but that confusion and muddiness is like a part of it, which means that as parents, because our, like our child, our emerging adult child is in this gray area, like that means we're kind of in there, right? We're in there in our parenting in this gray area of like, well, they're kind of doing their own thing, but kind of still not. <laughs> right. And yeah. so I do, I think it's important for us to acknowledge that as we think about financial parenting for our 20 year old, for our 26 year old, for our 18 year old, you know, whatever age that it can come with this gray area. And that can mean some, I almost want to say discomfort for us, right? Like this unknown of like, should I, or shouldn't I is really a big Mm. question that we have as parents in this stage. And should I do this? Should they do this? Should I, kick them off the cell phone plan? Should I make them go get blank? And we ask a lot of these questions and so many things influence it. Like how we answer those questions, right? Like our income and financial stability, um, the way that we were raised, right? Like what our parents did with us. And I think that's something else that's really interesting. You know, you mentioned earlier that this has changed, like the stage of emerging adulthood has changed over time because of society, right? Like emerging adults adults now are having a different experience than emerging adults 20 years ago. Um, and I think that for when we're parenting an emerging adult now, 
if we had a different experience, I think it can leave us with this feeling of like feeling really torn about it. Right. The like ambiguity of, I don't know if I should or shouldn't, but I also think there's just like this value sometimes this pull of like, am I supposed to be sending them off to go do it themselves? Or am I supposed to be supporting them? Um, yeah. I kind of just want to like hold a little space for that for a minute of like, it can feel weird. <laughs> and it's like, and that's not your fault. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a natural, I think, conflict because we, mm -hmm. we are parenting for independence yeah. But we have to keep our eye on the prize that we're also parenting for the best for our children in terms mm -hmm. of financial security and well-being in particular. That's the topic. Yes. That And so that to accept the fact, and parents have over time have accepted the fact that uh, economic independence or financial independence is coming slower for mm. this generation because of a lot of structural issues, things like mm -hmm. low wage, more expensive housing, um, you know, lower housing stock of affordable, um, yes. <laughs> of affordable homes. And, um, also that, you know, there's a greater financial investment that's required to become, mm. to become a, a mature adult in terms of finances. So compared yes. to a generation ago, which we had talked about that a high school mm -hmm. education would, would be, would get you a job that would have a living wage that you could afford um, to support a family and maybe buy a house. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and today it's not the same. Um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe two jobs are required and maybe you're not buying a house until much later in life. So, um, there's a lot more structural things going on. We had the, the great recession, uh, we've had the pandemic. So, um, every generation's had its own challenge. Every cohort mm -hmm. has its own, own challenge, but, um, yeah. So back to that natural conflict, between, um, you know, wanting to make our child independent versus wanting their wanting to have the best for them. So yeah. I would just, you know, recommend to parents to, that your goal is not just independence, it's also well-being. Mm. And that it's okay to keep financial ties if that's, you know, and you might be conflicted, but uh, yes. in the long run, by su being supportive, they're going to be better off. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And that's okay. I'll say, and that's the thing is, I don't even think it's, like, this is what we should do as much as, like, hold that space for yourself as a parent of, like, this is unfamiliar territory for me. Like, I've never, even if I have a child who's older than this child, I've never been through this with this child. Um, or I've never made yeah. these decisions with this distinct set of circumstances. Even if I made a, quote, unquote, similar decision three years ago or two years ago or ten years ago. Um and so I do think it's important for us to think about as we think about like, how do I coach and parent my emerging adult financially, like holding that space for, okay, I might feel a little torn. I might feel like this, like this is different than what I had, but it's also okay to just hold that of like, my experience was this, that may not be my child's experience. And that can bring up difficult feelings um like hold space for that too um I don't know and I just feel like there's a lot of values here and there's a lot of each of us for our own reality and I guess that's kind of where I'm going back to is like this idea of a pluralistic approach like there's not one way only to financially in, like to teach your emerging adult about financial independence and financial well-being and to help them get there like there's more than one way and we can hold that space and that there's going to be some muddiness here and that each of us is going to make the best decision we know how. Like each of us is yeah. going to take this information, make the best decision we know how for our own family. Um, even the like, should my child come back and live with me decision, right? They, there's this whole like quote unquote movement of boomerang kids, right? They maybe they go to college and then move back in or they move out and then have some kind of financial hardship and move back in. And I think it's not necessarily always just as clear cut as should I let them? Maybe I physically don't have the space. And so it would be like detrimental to both of us. Or maybe I can't afford it. Or maybe I can, um, but our relationship is strained. Or maybe I can and I've got plenty of space and I'm lonely. Like there are so many situations and that like context within we make that decision. Um, and so just acknowledging like, hey, it's all right. It feels weird, but you get to choose 
and make that decision, like informed decision, regardless of the judgment or the shoulds for your own family and your own situation. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's really well stated that there is such yeah. a, a plurality and um and the and the one point we're missing also is that mm-hmm. I just for those parents that are listening who don't have coachable children mm, that yeah uh, you know I don't think we've acknowledged you know the child that maybe jumps right into independence has, makes decisions to maybe ha- be an early aged parent you know yes get married early that looks very different in terms of you know maybe what we've been talking about mm-hmm. and that it's way. not <laughs> yeah well and it's so not that, all within. Like our parent, what we do as a parent is within our like reach of control, but like ultimately we do not control our emerging adult. Like they are an adult. <laughs> yeah. They're not yeah. like a full, right. They're kind of a need an adult here adult sometimes, but <laughs> that, yeah, you're right. Like some kids are just like, Hey, I've already decided I'm not asking for your input. Um, I went out and I and bought a car. Happens. Hi, mm-hmm. this is my new car. And like, what? Right. And you ultimately that's not your decision which like your realm of influence can be different for your child than i have for mine or then right it looks different because every kid is a part of the mix (laughs) right right exactly not just one way yeah right and Mm. so that that was kind of the point i wanted to make that is definitely bi-directional nature of influence between parents and kids and kids and parents you know and Mm so um kids moving back into the household you mentioned you know maybe there's not enough room and you know there's definitely evidence that having kids in the household can be a strain can be a financial strain you know and so there are so many factors that go into it Mm -hmm. well and I think I even know a family that they there was a gap right so they're like a blended family and so they have a tag I mean I use the term tag along a child with a large age gap from older siblings um and so there was like a child in school in their home and an adult sibling like they literally were like you can't move in because like this isn't working because we have a young child, uh, right? And so there's just like so many, yeah, so many different situations. Yeah. But yeah, so the but good news, one, oh, go ahead. As I say, but one one thing I will say is that over time, parents have um, embraced the idea that there are going to be financial ties over, you know, yes. longer than the age 18, you know, mm-hmm. and so and that, that's regardless of income that mm. parents are willing to, they're increasingly willing to help their adults, uh, young adults, children, yes. young adults, young adult children. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I think the data is like 22% of all, you know, regardless of age, um, 22% of adults receive financial support from their uh, um, parents. Yes. So that's a fifth, you know, so there's, yes. And it goes both ways too, right? Mm-hmm. And I In think terms, that's important. Yeah to understand of like our culture, right? Like over generations, over time, there is this shift in one, like we saw a new developmental stage literally called emerging adults, but the shift of this acceptance of that, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. understanding that like, it's not just you, (laughs) Uh, right? There are other people and other families experiencing this. Um, I do think one of the great things that I mean, always I'm referring back to that CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's like, okay, we're like, there's a million ways to do this, not just one way. But there is also like strategies and information. So one of the things that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau talks about with emerging adults is they say, when our kids are younger, financially, we provide a lot more direction and instruction. Mm -hmm. As they get older, particularly in emerging adulthood, our role shifts to reflection and feedback on their financial decisions. Mm. So I loved that. More reflection and feedback. So as they are looking at maybe leasing a car, car loan, or whether or not to fix a car, or right, whatever those financial decisions are, our role in emerging adulthood becomes reflection and feedback. Um, I can even share, you know, I've shared before, I have a younger sister who's in this emerging adulthood stage and they kind of hit a financial, uh, her and her fiance hit a financial hiccup recently. And I did kind of, I'm not her parent, but I did feel a little bit of that role of, it wasn't my job to say you shouldn't do that or you can't do that. Right. But to be more supportive of, okay, what happened with this financial hiccup? Like, what happened here? How could we prevent it from happening again? Uh, what are we learning? How do we, you know, like, but that processing part felt more appropriate than like, 
that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> right. That wouldn't have been very helpful probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's good feedback for your sister. Right. I mean, Hopefully. for to have to have that reflection on and, and for any young adult. But yeah, I think that mm. uh, because financial independence and the because it's become a longer period, a more prolonged period, mm -hmm. we as parents can be we have we can have a more influential role for a longer period yes. of time. And so we can offer that reflection and feedback on on decisions and and um you know, this this podcast season, we've been talking about financial well-being and those building blocks. Mm. And so financial knowledge, decision making, those personal traits like executive function and then habits and norms. Uh, that's what we're, we, we're trying to build with them and where we can, you know, kind of point them in the right direction for, OK, you're thinking about buying a car. Um, have you looked into how much you can afford? What's going to be your payment per month? Um, mm -hmm. Do you know, are you going to pay cash for it? Are you going to try and, and buy a car? So really um, giving them feedback about a decision they're trying to make um, and, yeah. and they and they should hopefully, you know, if they're open to it. Hopefully yep. they'll, they'll, they'll put those critical skills to use, which again, are like the ability to find information, use it, and then act on it, which mm. is where we, um, where we're trying to socialize them too. Yes. Well, and, I mean, you're always just wrapping it back in. That's exactly what we're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. And the, those are the places, I mean, there's lots of places, but those are the places where that reflection and feedback, we do have a role when our children are open to it, our adult children, mm -hmm. right? That sometimes feels silly to say. Um, yeah. When our adult children are open to that feedback, that is a role we can have. Um, there was also this really great, uh, some of these really great strategies, which we're going to dig into here, which uh, some of you might remember from previous seasons, based on uh, self-determination theory, which I'm a geek for. Uh, <laughs> but uh, around self-determination theory and becoming financially independent or self-sufficient. So they talked about it as in parenting financially, autonomy supportive, which is like, how do we support their independence? Competence, right? Like their actual skills. What do they know how to do that they feel confident in? How do we support their competence? And how do we support them with relatedness or connection? So those yeah. were the three categories of strategies. And I wanted to dig into these. So if we can, let's go with autonomy. So some of the examples they gave were providing choices in how to make financial decisions for your immediate adult. Like, well, you could, right? We're talking about cars. You could lease. You could get a car loan. You could save up until you can pay cash. You could, right? Like out helping them outline the options that would support their independence, right? You're not telling them you need to do this as much as like, okay, I'm going to help you. Find the choices within your options. Um, and then another one for encouraging that autonomy, supportive things, is encouraging independent money management. So encouraging them to practice those skills of paying bills, of knowing their interest rates, of knowing when things are due, of like having the knowledge they need. And so those are things that we can do to support their financial independence from the aspect of like autonomy or independence. Yeah, yeah, I love perfect description of it. And, and you know, as parents, it's kind of hard to, to not express our opinions sometimes. Yeah. And, <laughs> right, especially if we see our child going down the road where like, oh, that's not going to be a good ending. Um, mm -hmm. And so yeah, but autonomy is so important, but to be able to do it in a supportive way, I think, um, will, mm -hmm. will make them feel Feeling supported versus feeling thwarted because thwarted is Ooh, the other yeah. like end of the the perspective of like, okay, you know what? I, I feel like my parents are supporting my decision and I can express myself as who I am versus mm -hmm. uh, no, they're just subjecting me to their opinion. And now I feel like I, I, I can't be who I want to be. Yes. Yes. Well, and so this other part, I feel like really taps into a lot of your knowledge and expertise. I mean, all of them fall within your knowledge and expertise with this competence, right? What they actually, the skills they have. So the examples they give for being a competent, supportive parent for financial self-sufficiency, encouragement of setting and achieving financial goals, right? Mm -hmm. Helping them say like, oh, you'd really like to purchase this thing. Like, let's set a goal for that. How do you want to do that? How much are you planning to save or work towards that? Are you planning to work extra hours to get it? You know, helping them set and achieve those goals, giving them positive feedback on their financial behaviors. And I thought that's like a man, positive feedback. We've been talking about that at every age, not just financially, <laughs> right? These are just general parenting skills of, Hey, look at that. You've been saving for this for a long time and you did it. Like you've got it now. Or you like, holy cow, you went through a lot of research or exploring to figure out what the best option is and look at the good deal you got, 
right? And so giving them that positive reinforcement. And then the third example that I get, give is just that belief, like genuine belief in your child's financial capability, um, you know, encouraging them of like, hey, you know what? Yeah, maybe you haven't bought a car before, but you have made financial decisions before. I know you can make good decisions. Like, let's talk about how you make that decision. Um, and I think that belief, yeah, it's literally about supporting their competence. Like, you can do things. You can do hard things, <laughs> which is good right. for an emerging adult who maybe isn't <laughs> feeling so sure. <laughs> Yeah. And, and when we look at like personal traits in the whole, you know, mm. how do we build financial well-being, that self-efficacy, the financial self-efficacy is really mm -hmm. what this taps into when it comes to competence. So you really want to build up your young adults feeling of competency that mm. so you want to encourage them to either improve their skills or follow through on skills they already have, like to strengthen them yes. um, and not point out like, oh, well, if you buy that car, you're probably going to get it repossessed. You know, I mean, like mm -hmm. that you're going to fail at what this is. That's going to completely undermine the way they feel. And yes. that's not our job as parents. We, you know, want mm -hmm. to help help them feel like, oh, yes, I'm competent. I can achieve this goal, you mm -hmm. know, versus like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Yes. That's, and there, you know, and there yeah. is a difference between helping them understand a potential consequence and like labeling that as like what is going right like assigning it to them of like okay well let's understand what will happen if we don't right if we can't afford it is very different than like if you buy that car it's going to get repossessed right those yeah. are very different convert like approaches that both give your child information about what could happen but one is supportive and one is thorny right? yeah right yeah. exactly Okay. And then there is this one more that talks about this connectedness. How do we support mm -hmm. their connectedness? And so it talks about having a genuine interest in their financial situation, that it's something we talk with them about even, right? That we let them know, like, I care about how you're doing with your finances. Um, encouraging their ability to cope with financial difficulties. That might be financially, but they also talk about even just being empathetic in times of financial strain. So there may be financial support in that connectedness, but it could also just be like, you know what, this is hard. Like this sucks that this unexpected cost came up and you're not ready for it. Like this is hard, um, you know, and just whether or not that's something we help them resolve financially, but even just showing up for our kids, that connectedness piece, that warmth, right? Like we talk about in general parenting, um, that's there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you said it, whether it's finances or any, really any domain, it's the quality of our parent, the quality of our parenting, the quality of our relationship with our child mm -hmm. and how connected we are, how supportive we are. You said warmth, affection, mm -hmm. um, just making them feel like, you know, the people that I care about care about me, mm -hmm. you know, versus like the people I care about are they're, they're really acting like they don't like me very much mm -hmm. because they're, um, you know, because they're not interested in, I, I, I brought up the issue of maybe wanting to live on my own and then it just got kind of brushed away, you know, mm -hmm. or I got poo-pooed by the idea of wanting to pursue something. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that, that's an icky feeling for anybody. That is. And so, yeah, we love these. I loved these strategies. One, we know I love self-determination theory, but this idea <laughs> of thinking about, we're like, okay, there's a million ways through parenting and emerging adulthood financially, <laughs> lots of different approaches. And there are some strategies that like can be helpful and that can help build your parent-child relationship. Because yes, even though they're an emerging adult, you still have one. Uh, they're still your child. You're still their parent. Um, and yeah, that we can yeah. understand our role and this realm and whatever situation our child is as an emerging adult, that our role can be reflection and feedback here. Um, right. And I think yeah. Great... And it's a balance between all of them, right? I mean, you want them it's to all have the things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want them to have autonomy, you want them to be competent and you want to be, you know, and you want to have a, a connection with them. So there's a mm -hmm. lot that's going into it as we say about most things, but um, yes. yeah. Well, and as you said, also, I mean, you said it earlier, but I want to highlight it because I'm like, I must feel like I zoomed past it when you said it. But yeah, balancing also, like you said, the independence with the security, because sometimes like those don't always go hand in hand, right? If we shove our child into financial independence, right? Like you talked about with the trajectories, that might affect how secure they are versus if we can kind of gradually support them, that might help them end up more secure in the long term. And so we are based on our own situation. Like that's another huge balance we're having there. Yeah, it is. And if you have more than one child, it's, you know, going to look different for each of your children. And we talked a little bit about that, you know, um, mm -hmm. I have a sister who was always very independent, left 
the home early, got married early, had children early, but mm -hmm. her financial stability was much uh, more precarious because oh. of those decisions, right? Mm -hmm. And my parent, but my parents' tie to her financially also ended up being stronger because mm. she needed help. <laughs> yes. And it is, it just, it can look so different in the, and yeah, whether or not as the parent, that was their decision about the independence versus stability. Not ever, not, that's not always within the parent's control because our, this is an adult child. Um, yeah. So there is, there's all kinds of things that we've got, um, you know, rolling through here. There's a lot of space for grace in emerging adulthood. There's a lot of muddiness and unclear about should, shouldn't, but that there are opportunities um, that we can continue to help them and their financial, their financial capability um, and all the other good words, right? I'm like financial capability, we've learned financial socialization, financial well-being, financial independence. We've learned a lot of good words. I like a lot of finance words uh, this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and, and the point, I guess the most important point is as parents to keep your eye on the prize that you want your child your child to be independent but you want them also to be financially secure and if that mm -hmm. means it's okay if that means you're going to continue to support them into adulthood and mm -hmm. as we know 22% of adults are still getting help from their parents so in yes. one way or the other so it doesn't stop mm -hmm. parent that's the one thing we don't really you know parenting never stops <laughs> goes on just yep. keeps going on, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. Yes. So you get to decide how you're parenting financially in emerging adulthood. So this brings us to our Stop, Breathe, Talk space with our producer, Mackenzie Young. I know she has a question because she talked about it earlier. <laughs> so I'm not sure what she's cooked up here. Um. So my question actually is um, more of a request for a conversation. <laughs> Which leads, which is directly tied to the, what you were just talking about. So, um, and Mackenzie, at the beginning you said, well, I'm not sure. I feel like I'm an emerging adult, but so for those of us that are maybe in the sandwich generation, mm -hmm. so we're the ones with, you know, we have parents that are supportive of us or we have parents, right? Period. Um, and then we have kids or we have nieces and nephews in my case, um, just navigating the financial realm. I mean, the, the world that we're in right now anyway is just kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but navigating being in that sandwich generation as mm. an emerging adult. So mm. how, like, how do we, as the emerging adult who also maybe I have kids or I feel like, oh, I'm at this point where I am kind of financially independent, but how can we... Like, what advice would you give to those people, which I'm assuming we have lots of listeners <sighs> that are in that world, right? Some, yeah. um, what advice can we give them in terms of, like, navigating being in that that sandwich generation mm -hmm. as, an emerging, as an emerging adult? That was hard to say, apparently. Can I have, I have a clarifying? Yes. I want to make sure the way sure. I'm thinking about it is the group we're talking about is... I maybe have financial dependence, like children, mm -hmm. while I may be somewhat financially dependent on yeah. my parents. Is that yeah. fair? Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, in this ambiguous, muddy stage of dependence and independence, uh, half in, half out, as we've said. Um, mm, that's a tricky one. Anything comes straight to mind for you, Suzanne? Sorry. Uh, that it is. Yeah, that is a tricky question. Um, mm -hmm. I think as an emerging adult, I hate to use the word responsibility, but, mm. um, you know, realizing that your, um, your decisions, they have consequences, and that you do need to take responsibility in terms of understanding how they impact your children and how they impact your parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that you know, generationally, we are all connected. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm. the economic stress of grandparents can seep to parents that can seep like to the emerging young adult, um, to, to even the grandchildren. I don't know. That's yeah. a tough one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's an important, <laughs> I agree, Suzanne. Yeah. The, 
acknowledging the like radiation, not the radiation, but like the ripple out of the impact <laughs> um, that that financial situation, our financial situation has um, to our family members there. Um, and I, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was, I, I was thinking, you know, like um, Mackenzie D, <laughs> well, I like to, um, you know, thinking about your, like, let's say you as an emerging, I know you're older than an emerging adult, but, um, <laughs> you know, the, your parents' age, you know, they're probably thinking about retirement, but they also want to be supportive of their children and their grandchildren. But then, mm -hmm. you know, they do put your own needs above like mm. your children's needs above your needs and so i just feel like there's some responsibility of someone that is accepting assistance from their parents even if they're a parent like that sandwich person mm -hmm. that they need to they need to understand the ramifications i guess i'm just repeating what i said yeah. but <laughs> no but in a different way like that that adds understanding to it <laughs> so yeah. i guess one side of the question that i maybe didn't clarify was like how can we it's kind of like the the picture of like the two kids with a house and the fence and we're mm -hmm. in that sandwich generation. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm have my parents support, but I'm also feeling the pressure of, um, you know, what is around me and maybe what I'm seeing around me and what society maybe says is where I'm supposed to be at. Mm. Um, like mm. I, I, that is maybe part of it where I was kind of looking at oh. too, like, the, the people around us, like mm. what's expected if we're supposed to have the house, but you know, in our financial times that it's really hard to buy a house. And yes, because, okay. The two words that came to mind, luckily they stuck around when you gave further explanation um, mm -hmm. <laughs> that they still applied. I think of like, I think one grace and two clarity. Sure. Um, so I think, grace and like giving yourself permission to be where you're at. Right. Mm -hmm. And like to be wherever your parents are to be where, right. So like, as, like you said, retirement, okay. My parents, even though my friend's parents could support them in this purchase, my parent can't, or mm -hmm. even though blank, blank. Right. So like the grace for ourselves, for our parents. And then, yes, if we do have like dependents, right. If we have children, then that like, the grace for our kids of like, what's the experience that they're having. And so I think grace is a part of this. Mm -hmm. um, also not passing the judgment along to future generations and to people around us mm -hmm. of like, well, I have this, so you should have this. True. Um, and then, yeah, I think also like clarity around expectations around what is and is not appropriate. The communication piece of that of yes, if your parents are in a like, um, you know, limited income situation, like whether that's retirement or whatever of like, okay, once this happens, we will not be able to support you in this way, or mm -hmm. there will come a time when X, but like having that communication and clarity around that, um, I think yeah. is important. And then the other thing I want to, that I don't <laughs> feel like we tapped into this in this episode is there is like, even though the ending phase of emerging adulthood is not particularly like distinctive, like now mm -hmm. you're not an emerging adult. Mm -hmm you do move out of emerging adulthood, right? So like when particularly up for debate, Suzanne, uh, you can disagree <laughs> with me. I would say financial independence in particular is like a main marker of moving out of that emerging adulthood. Um, and so once mm -hmm. you, right, no longer depend financially on your parents in those capacities, um, we do eventually move out of emerging adulthood. So I would say like, it's not like all parents, like if you have children you're and you're an emerging adult, like just because you're quote unquote young, you're mm -hmm. not necessarily an emerging adult. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> I feel like we brought up more questions than answers. I apologize for that. <laughs> that was one of the questions Barb kind of sent through. And then I've been sitting thinking about it the whole, whole time you've been recording. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. well like, what about those people in the middle? <laughs> and there is, there is like, you can be both an emerging adult and a parent. Like we're talking about parenting emerging adults, but you can be both too. <laughs> yes. So, um, thanks. Uh, and I'm sorry. <laughs> like question you responded, was it answered? But I'll say an important conversation, right? Like if nothing else, we're bringing our attention to the like diverse, right? The different experiences that each of us can have mm -hmm. as parents like yeah and who we're parenting and all those things oh, for sure yeah. and, right. and also i guess as a, 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 a 
conclusion to that is that communication is the best for mm. thing for all relationships and yes. being very clear, like you said, clarity, but also just being clear about expectations and um, gratitude and, you know, for support when you do get support mm -hmm. um, and acknowledgement, maybe to, um, to yourself and others. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Good, good words to wrap it on. I'll, I'll, I'll leave so I don't bring any more stress here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No more hard questions. You have to go. <laughs> oh, thanks, Kenz. You're not so bad. You're not so bad. We give you a bad rap. <laughs> oh, but thanks for listening in today. I feel like we really just kind of, I mean, obviously talking about emerging adults, but we talked around like an ambiguous stage in, in a lot of ways. Cause, because there is a lot of ambiguous ambiguity <laughs> but yeah who are emerging adults um what are the financial things right a lot of stuff is happening financially in this stage and how do we understand and support our kids in this stage with those financial decisions that they're making and so hopefully you got some strategies understanding what our role is here and that we know there's a lot of different ways, right? There's not just like, this is the way you must parent financially. It's not you should or you shouldn't. That's not always the answer. The answer is taking in the information to make a decision so that you can balance, like you said, that independent financial independence for them and that financial security in the long term um, and making that decision within your own reality. Yeah. So great summary of the episode. Thanks. So our next episode, we're going to wrap up the season on kids and money. And we're going to be talking about raising good consumers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like this idea of consumerism. I'm excited to talk about it, though. I am a little sad. It'll be the last episode of the season. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It's like we could have eight more episodes on this topic. But yes, smart. Consumers I think that means is a we great could just one to end on. Right. And I'm like, I think yes. that means we could just keep talking and keep hanging out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so join us in next week. But thanks for joining us today on the Science of Parenting podcast. Don't forget that you can email our team specific parenting questions that you might have. You can reach out to us at parenting at iastate.edu because we love getting your questions. So come along as we tackle the ups and downs, the ins and outs, and the research and reality all around the science of parenting. The Science of Parenting is hosted by Mackenzie Johnson, produced by Mackenzie DeYoung, with research and writing by Barbara Dunn Swanson. Send in questions and comments to parenting at iastate.edu and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. This institution is an equal opportunity provider. For the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries, go to www.extension.iastate.edu slash diversity slash ext.